Welcome back to the Mud Talk Podcast. My name is Brandon Schwartz, also known as Fuzzy. This is the second episode. That's right, we officially have a series. If you haven't listened to episode one, be sure to check that out so you can hear exactly why I'm doing this. My apologies that the quality was a little less than great on that first episode, and I hope you will notice a difference in sound quality from that episode to this one. I got a much better microphone, and hopefully I've gotten a little bit better at recording and post-production. And if I've done everything right, you should be able to subscribe in iTunes or Apple Podcasts now, or with your favorite podcast listening program. So let's get on with it. The second Mud Talk Monday prompt was basically describe your own work. I tried to leave it open for interpretation. At first glance, most people probably thought about your work as the work you produce, the actual pots we create. But you could also think of work as the process. I chose this prompt because I think it's important to be able to talk coherently about pots, especially if you are a maker of pots. You should definitely be able to talk about your own work. I wanted responses limited to two sentences to encourage people to refine their answers and really focus on the primary reasons that their work is unique or why people should be attracted to it. I organized the comments into some loosely defined groups, including slogans, descriptions of the physical pots, the process, and some customer responses or feelings. Then at the end, I found a few of my favorite responses. So we'll look at those. And after the responses, I'll share some of my thoughts about describing your work and how it relates to branding and marketing. I've come up with seven tips to help you describe your own work if you need a little bit of help. So let's get to the responses. Some of the responses read more like a business slogan to me. For example, Studio 2 Ceramics said, We bring the fun to functional pottery with our handmade mugs. Potted Arts said, Whimsical and unusual pots for plants. Dirt Kicker Pottery said, Catches your eye, captures your heart. And I can confirm this. I recently received a Dirt Kicker Pottery mug, an Aurora mug, and it definitely catches your eye, and it is fantastic. Pathway Pottery said, Practical and Pretty. Lizzie T. from Facebook said, Lizzie T. Pottery features handmade pottery and ceramics for functional and decorative use and enjoyment. Creative clay for every day. I like these kinds of descriptions. Short and sweet, to the point, and you can include this a lot of places from a business card to a website tagline to, you know, your stationery. All kinds of different things. Uh, some of the responses describe the actual objects being produced, you know, the pots. Fern Street Pottery said, My work is designed to fit comfortably in your hands, your home, your life. Mugs keep coffee warm longer and bowls that frame your food. Zelda Loon said, My work reflects my experimentation, my experience, my mistakes, my angst, my breath, my imagination my narrative, and my curiosity. Blackberry Creek Pottery said, Beautiful functional pieces that fit together as a set or stand alone as an individual art piece. Wayside Claire said, Inspired by nature and natural forms. 
I started ceramics for stress relief and just got hooked. Nicole Main Pottery said, random and experimental. Kika F. Zanella said, my work is the simple and sophisticated. Laura S. of Facebook said, functional, F-U-N capitalized, functional pottery for home and garden. Each hand-built piece is decorated with a textured surface highlighted with a colorful glaze palette. Martha H. of Facebook said, organic with sharp edges. I know, strange. Some of the responses had more to do with the process of making pots. For example, D. Taylor SATM said, home potter with muddy hands and a grateful heart. Garden Clay Pottery said, an accident, sometimes a happy one, waiting to happen. Chilmark Pottery said, I take very small rocks, make them into bigger, hopefully more interesting and or beautiful rocks, and in so doing, paid for my home on Martha's Vineyard. That's one sentence. Casa Pangea said, brings nature to ceramic, plays with daily discard objects into eternal ceramic forms. Deborah P. of Facebook said, began practice slash study in March, now on my 52nd bowl with plan to make 100 before any other form. Just recently able to recognize slash apply vision on form slash function of work, focusing on interior shaping as I pull. Plan to see where I am this March, having worked nothing but bowls as a beginning to serious study. There were a couple responses that focused on feelings or what the customer gets from the work. Sanibel Ceramics simply says, happy. Evil Knowles You said, my work makes me happy. I hope it makes others happy also. Donna L. of Facebook said, practical ceramics that are perfect for people who want to bring whimsy and fun to their homes by using handmade contemporary designs where they eat, play, and live. There were five comments that stood out to me personally. The first was by Jude Prevost Ceramics. I like the idea that I can create a pottery piece that is functional and may become a favorite because of its usefulness, while at the same time create a piece that is unique and creative, so that it may become a favorite art piece as well. Chris Throws Pots said, as a maker of functional forms, I am inspired by the idea that pottery becomes part of habit, a favorite mug that is essential to a morning routine, or a serving bowl that holds a treasured dish at family gatherings. Both of these responses make me think back to the first episode and some of the responses to why clay. Handmade pots are definitely special, and I think highlighting that is a good way to increase interest in your work. I like these next few responses a lot because they really help me start visualizing the pots in my head, even before I see the pots. Art by Greta Michelle said, Functional pottery with Japanese-inspired forms and textured surfaces inspired by my home, Island Earth Nature. J. Kieran Ceramics said, I create two polar opposite kinds of work in the same space. One form is very organic and floral, whereas the other form has sharp geometric shapes put together like a Tetris game. Catherine Daniel Ceramics said, Quirky and quilty, color and pattern. This last one reads more like a slogan, 
but it is an interesting description of the work as well. I immediately had to go see if what I was picturing in my head matched the actual work. The work I was picturing was based a little bit more on flat squares of many bright colors, but the description really fits the work with the fabric textures and stitching, and the description got me interested and just kind of sucked me in. Thank you to everyone who participated in this Mud Talk Monday. It is fantastic to hear different perspectives and ideas. So why is it important to be able to talk about your own work? There are a few reasons. First of all, it helps you sound more informed or professional or just intelligent when you are talking to other artists and potential buyers. And speaking of buyers, who doesn't want to sell more pots? I hear advice all the time that it is important to build a personal brand because it will help you find and connect with an audience and increase sales. And it sounds pretty good to me. If you think about it, you've probably bought something before based on the brand. Uh, why would people pay twice as much for one brand over the other? Is one brand known for its amazing design, ease of use, and offer great customer service? Maybe another brand offers cheaper prices and better specifications, but clunky design and so many different options that the product is just more complex to use. Are you picturing two brands in your head that fit these descriptions? Why do you make these connections? Probably because their companies spend piles of money on branding to make you think of them a certain way. Is one brand right or wrong? Now it just depends on your personal preference and what is best for the way you operate. So you can do the same thing with your own products, you know, your pots, to build trust, to spark interest, and encourage people to view your work in a certain way. But Carter Gillies makes some good points about how branding may not be mandatory, especially for artists. Uh, from his blog, he says, Branding, quote-unquote, works to help sell the artists at Marketplace. It is an attribute of livestock, but it is an affront to the undomesticated creative spirit. Branding an artist makes sense only to get sold. And later he says, As you describe it, a brand is how we can best relate to an ideal audience. But making work under that constraint is a constraint. Our liberty is at stake. Can it really be sold this cheaply? Those are all very good points, Carter. And I encourage you all to go check out his blog. He is just a fount of creative thought. But I think of branding a little differently. I agree that it is mostly for marketing purposes, but I don't think of it as a constraint in a bad sense. I think of it as just the essence of your current personal style. Basically a symbol of what your work is right now. You just want everything about your business to express the same thing that your current work expresses. So whatever you are currently creating or exploring with your work should be reflected in or complemented by your logo, your website, your online shop, your paperwork, social media accounts, photos, and everything else. For example, if you make serene, minimalist pots with subtle pastel glazes, you probably don't want some kind of horrific bright red Halloween font in your logo. If you start sending conflicting messages like that, people will get confused or won't connect with you or your work the way you hope they do. And I don't feel a brand is a permanent constraint because brands can change. 
Big companies spend millions on rebranding all the time. So if my work starts to go in a different direction, I can change my personal brand. And I'm all for artistic freedom, but I don't think certain constraints are such a bad idea. In a sense, I have placed the quote-unquote constraint of function upon my work, since I consider myself a potter. Everything I make should function properly. If I made a mug with holes in it or finished it with spray paint instead of glaze, it would probably let me express some different ideas. But if I'm trying to be a potter, people would be confused because I'm not making good functional pots. Does that hinder my creativity? Yeah, maybe it does. But I think that's okay. Maybe branding is just showing very specifically what you specialize in. And you can always have more than one brand. My design branding would look a lot different from my ceramics branding, for example. So anyway, being able to describe your work is an important part, maybe the very first step of your personal style or brand, which in my mind is just helping other people understand you and your work. If you have ever set up an Etsy shop or even a WordPress website, you get to fill out the title of your shop or your website. Then they give you space for a short little description or tagline or slogan. This one sentence description can be enough to get a viewer to take a closer look. I'll come across a site or Etsy shop and the little tagline makes me think, ooh, I need to find out more about that. Or, hey, I feel the exact same way. Or, I wonder what they do to deliver on that claim. So I'll go take a closer look because that short little description got me interested. But for some reason, it feels like for some of us, describing your own work is hard. It is for me at least. My current Etsy shop tagline is handmade pottery and ceramics. Lame. I've been trying to take notes on some of the descriptions and taglines that have made an impact on me, just trying to figure out what kind of work I'm trying to make at the moment. So I've put together seven ideas that you can consider while you are describing your own work as part of a personal style or brand. These probably won't apply to everyone, but hopefully there's something here that you can use at some point. Number one, think about what you want to explore in your work. What part of the process do you really focus on? What kind of subject matter do you include? Are you making a political statement? Are you focused on textures? Do you only care about how a pot functions? Are the complex layers of glaze what gets you excited? Whatever you want to explore is probably a good place to start. Number two, think like a customer. If you are trying to sell your work, think like a potential buyer. What are they looking for? What feelings or experiences do they want to get from your work? How will your work fill some kind of void in their life? You aren't just selling an object, you are selling an experience. Something that makes their life better somehow. Highlight the ways that your work can do this. Number three, avoid cliches. If you can, try to, try to avoid using the same words and descriptions that everyone else uses. Yeah, you make handmade pots, but handmade pots as a description is overused and not very specific. It makes you sound like you do the same thing as everybody else. Get rid of any cliches. I will work on following my own advice on that. Number four, highlight what is unique. What is it about your work that makes it stand out? Why would someone want to buy your pots instead of the thousands of other pots they could get? 
What are you doing that you haven't seen anyone else do? Everyone makes unique work, but someone may need a little help to see the subtle differences your work offers. Number five, use a thesaurus. A thesaurus is my favorite writing tool. When I have an idea but I can't come up with quite the right words, I can look up a word that I am using and find a word or phrase that conveys my idea more clearly or maybe it just sounds better. Instead of describing your pots as simple, wood, clean, quiet, sleek, stable, or tranquil, give someone a better vision of your work. Number six, avoid jargon that your audience doesn't relate to. If you use a special process to make pots, that might be okay to include. But think about your audience. Do they really need to know you fire in a cone six oxidation atmosphere? Do they even know what that means? Unless you are selling mostly to potters, probably not. Number seven, make it as short as possible. You don't want a dissertation if you're working on a tagline or slogan. You want to get your idea across in a few seconds. Use as few meaning-packed words as you can. Then you can unpack these ideas later in conversation or articles or when you describe individual pieces. To get started, maybe you could do a brain dump. Get some of your pots together, set a timer for five minutes, maybe even challenge someone else to describe your work along with you. As quickly as you can, write down every word or phrase that comes into your head while thinking about your pots. Even words are that are the opposite of what you see. Then go through these seven tips and combine, elaborate, and narrow down your list. And then hopefully you'll start to come up with some good descriptions. So that's all I've got. Hopefully it gives you a few new ideas if you need them. If you have any other advice or ideas, I'd be glad to hear them. Look for episode three of the Mud Talk podcast soon, where we will talk about pottery goals. And if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast. Thank you for listening and stay muddy.